Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conservation, a laid-back podcast where we discuss everything from cool animals, conservation, the environment, and what we can do to help. I'm Robert Pike, a field journalist for the Global Conservation Force, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Veal, a world-renowned rhino conservationist and president of the Global Conservation Force. joining us for part two of the Marlena and Xander Project Conservation Podcast episode. I guess everybody wants an origin story. And, and if you're going to inspire, you know, future generations, I think it'd be really cool. What inspired you to get into conservation? I mean, who was your, who did you look up to? Oh, gosh. You know? Great question. Like what, Great. what sparked that fire, you know? Um, I don't, I want to. Yeah, you do. You do know. Well, right did Janie? 100%. You know. It's me and Jane. My girl Jane. Jane Goodall. Um, shout out girl. Hey, I heard she likes whiskey. So I'm really? like, oh, yeah, there yeah, yeah. So I'm like saving a bottle. I think that's a cool um, Yeah. So when we uh, we actually got really lucky. So we got to film um, at the at Chimp Eden, um, sure. which is a project of Jane, the Jane Goodall Institute. And um, we got to go out there and it was, it was a really great time. And we got a little inside scoop uh, to Jane Goodall's apparently, you know, she, she's a, she's also like a real human and she's fun and she's yeah. a good time. And I was like, she what? She sits around campfires. Campfires. And I asked and I was like, what is her drink of choice? Like whiskey. I was like, my girl. <laughs> Let's go. So I was like, yes, yeah, so we got a little juice. So I just feel like we're um, we're soul sisters. But no, I think um, I mean it, this is kind of cool. This I think is a cool connection for for Mike and me. Is that I grew I mean I grew up going to the San Diego with San Diego Zoo growing up. Yeah. Uh, sorry, San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Wild Animal Park, which is now the Safari Park, which is where Mike it's worked. The Wild Animal park. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah it was totally. If you are yeah, if you're uh, if you're San Diego, if you're San Diego born and raised, and you uh, if you look at it to me, I'm like, it's, I'm sorry, yeah. it's a San Diego. That's exactly you're yeah, not from yeah, there. Yeah, 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 Wild Animal Park. Yeah. I think growing up going to the zoo and I. I remember at the um, Wild Animal Park, they had the Heart of Africa. Do they still have the Heart of Africa exhibit? Mm-hmm. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, so well, growing up, I remember when that was like the new thing there, right? Sure. It was like the new exhibit or whatever it may be. I remember going there and there was just something about the light, the the sounds, and they always had like the drummers and the dancers. I love the dancers. Um, and then obviously like, the, you know, the animals and whatnot. I've always been a lover of great apes. So I've always had like chimpanzees, but more specifically bonobos, mm-hmm. which they have at the zoo. So I've, I don't know. I've just always been drawn to wildlife from the continent of Africa, but also just like African culture and music and the sights and the sounds and all of that. And so with that said, that was always a little seed in, in, in me. Um, and then I think for me growing up with a, a father as a falconer and growing up, you know, like shout a little, little bit of farm, shout out, yeah. baby, baby. And uh, so I was always out, also outdoors and whatnot. And then I kind of pushed that all away throughout for the most part of high school and college and was like dancing and did all this like girly whatever stuff. And then I think it was like quarter life crisis status. I woke up one day and was kind of like, what am I doing? Do I love, I was working like I had my own business at the time and I was going the corporate route and, mm-hmm. and all that. And I just was like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. Like, no, like I want to do something different. I want to do something that I'm more passionate and, and excited about. And so I just kind of started going through like the, the list of, you know, your quarter life crisis list when you're so dramatic, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're yeah. like, Oh my God, life is over. And, uh, I would, I was, which is like, so it sounds so freaking annoying. No, I know. But, it really is, but you though. know, you do, you're like, Oh, you know, what do I want to do? I'm not happy. I think that's like your, your adult wake up call calling to you. Yeah. Like, am I going to be miserable? Yeah. Or do I really want to struggle and do mm-hmm. what I like? What's well, a really I, pivotal point, you know, yeah. because that's your, you know, I mean, do I, do I commit and just send it like 
the corporate life or do Send I, it. or do I, yeah. Or do I chase the dreams, you know? Yeah. Like, and I think, and even just know, like trying to figure out what those, you know, those dreams were, but I knew it wasn't what I was doing. Sure. And, um, I was like, all right, like, what am I interested? And in? I always grew up obsessed with this idea of like going to Africa and, and hanging around primates. And so I was always obsessed with Jane Goodall and she was kind of my idol growing up. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to become a primatologist. Um, and so then I started being like, well, before I get all crazy and like go back to school and do that whole route, um, <laughs> maybe I'll get my feet wet. And that's, yeah. and so I went on my first, like, big solo trip, which was to South Africa, ironically. Um, and I, on that trip, I told myself I was going to marry a South African and look, look what happened. Hey, you can find this guy. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, my safari guide, I was like, oh my gosh, he loves animals. Oh my God, he has an accent. Done. And he, dri- <laughs> and he drives around in his little, what, what was it? It was a, it wasn't even a land rover. Meanwhile, the amount of guys right now who are practicing <laughs> South African accent yeah, 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 right? and how they drive. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was short, true. short. Cocky shorts. Yeah, like the short khaki oh, shorts. You know, and they have like a, the guns. It is the shorts that do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and the long socks. You gotta have the long, long socks. socks. So, it's called khaki fever. Oh yes. my gosh, is that what it yes, is? It is. Yes. I, okay, so I I had me some khaki fever. Sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did. I did, I did totally. It was just but it was just the get up and I was like, that's it. This is my place. Like yeah. this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, but Joseph. Okay, guys, on the right we have uh, elephant. If you're pointing, looking on no. the right, yes, of course. No, yes, ma'am. Okay, please so, sit down no, in the back. I, sometimes, on, if, I'm, if I'm honest, when we were on a road trip, like sometimes I'd make him play. I'd make him play the role. Oh of, really? Uh, yeah, I would make TMI, him. Yeah, TMI. I would make him do. I would do, do, do like safari guide. Like let's yeah. play safari guide today. <laughs> hey, you get bored on the road, okay? No, I have to wear sure. a Mufasa suit. Too. There you go, the Mufasa okay. suit. Um, no, but there you go. No, but for us. So, yeah, graffiti. exactly. Yeah. Yes. So I go out there. I went to go volunteer. I'm like, sure. let's bring it back to the PG. So um, <laughs> we, I go out to uh, South Africa to volunteer to primate uh, a primate sanctuary. And because um, I was thinking, you know, I want to maybe get into primatology. Let's yeah. who will take me as a volunteer? Like, what can I find? I found an amazing project, the Vervet Monkey Foundation, um, BMF. Shout out. And went there. I was out in Africa, uh, South Africa for about a month. I did uh, three weeks there, and then I went off in a little safari mm-hmm. when I got khaki fever, as we already talked about, um, and for a week. And I didn't know what it meant, but I was like, whatever this is this idea of mixing travel conservation and storytelling i'd gotten my first side side note i'd gotten my first like big girl camera with like a video function for the trip and went out there and i was like i don't know what this means but i wanted this is what i want to do and i just kind of got to figure out what that looks like well, um, you like yeah. you literally like kind of threw it into motion which kinda. i think is kind of the biggest step that we all are afraid mm-hmm. of taking you're like mm-hmm. all right i'm gonna take a financial loss yeah which everybody's like oh mm-hmm. god forbid mm-hmm. um i'm gonna take a risk and go somewhere I haven't been before Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And send to see. And I think, um, I, yeah, and and it wasn't, it didn't happen overnight. And I think kind of going back to what we've talked about, like earlier, earlier in the, in the podcast was, you know, one of the challenges is like, you know, you get, hit up by people and for me it's like I always want to give people the answer that they want and I want to like say yes and I think it's not um like the easiest most like sustainable sustainable or you know hopeful easy story like I my thing is like it's been hard and I it hasn't always been easy to navigate and I've had to do millions of other things to be able to fund a lot of the projects that didn't I don't want to say it didn't happen overnight and as a matter of fact I don't even know if it still has happened I feel like I'm still kind of figuring out how do I do this and make a living doing it you know and 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 be sustainable and realistic about what this is obviously you know as we get a little older you start thinking long term and you know it's like building house. a house and yeah, then are we gonna do the kids yeah. thing and the family thing and i hate to be all like wah, wah, wah. but you do at a certain point it's a lot easier you know well, in your early 20s to be like what do i want to do with my life versus in your early 30s this is also sure. a symptom of the conservation profession as yes. well we are so used to putting other people first that by the time you wake up and realize like, holy shit, I put everybody first and now I'm 10 years behind, right. you know, 
quote mm-hmm. unquote. That's a really mm-hmm. good point. Um, I mean, I feel that way too. Like, yeah. I gave up my twenties to mm-hmm. be a ranger mm-hmm. and to not get paid. I mean, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. So, like, and and you know, you get this. Uh, you you want to be helpful, like you said. People reach out, and uh, you want to inspire them to continue the road, but also let them know it's not going to be easy. Like conservation jobs do not come without sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so you hit this road of struggle. I mean, I, I mean, I was, I worked multiple jobs from 15 on to make this point happen. Mm-hmm. And on, on average three jobs. Yeah. And even when I was a wildlife care specialist and those were more than just one full-time job mm-hmm. too. It wasn't right. just like, Oh, I have a part-time and a part-time. No, it was like, you're yeah. working like, 90 hours a week Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. and that's pretty normal when you talk to other conservationists honestly and even even folks who have a really linear path too like it was i think it's taken me it's been it's it's felt like a snail marathon because i feel like i'm like i don't there's not like a linear path i mean unless you get lucky and you go work for nat geo and you that's what you do and I, that, that wasn't something i always i didn't never wanted to work for a company i always wanted to be able to be freelance i always wanted to have my own thing on the side i always wanted to know that i could like pick the projects that i wanted to do and tell the stories the way that i believe they should be told um and so i think that's a challenge in itself too and i mean i mean like as you guys know i mean i don't know if you know but i'm like i'm i was shaking my ass at the club like you know what i mean like i was i was even go-go dancing that's actually how xander and i met was at the club um when he was working there as a, as a side job working. too he was working we were both working um but i was you know i was even i mean it was a professional dancer it wasn't like the kind of dance not that kind of dance it sure. was you know but at a nightclub and i was you know dancing there on and off for years when i was going to grad school studying conservation and biology because i was like i i know that this is what i want to do um i'm going to do what i need to do to figure that out but even once i had graduated and kind of really had started the nonprofit, then i'm it wasn't like people were knocking on my door to give me money for projects. I mean, no, I was funding. No. To this like, day, I have funded every single project, minus when you and I partnered. We, you yeah. know, whatever. And when but. we do the next one, like, I mean, part of the way that, again, this comes back to conservation successes, right? Creating a strong team, building a future. Um, you know, like when we are going to do an impactful project, mm-hmm. we want the best team possible, and we want to utilize the resources best, right? Like, mm-hmm. so having you guys on the team for film editing and specials complimenting our crew on the ground. We just made a rockstar team mm-hmm. and then we've got the bigger following for that funding and dedicated funding. So then you're not struggling to be a part of our project and we're not struggling mm-hmm. to make a half-ass project. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Mm-hmm. So we make this like, extra cool end goal mm-hmm, deal which mm-hmm. it's a win-win and that's yeah. that's the best that you could possibly come to and and i think from just the onlooker uh, just seeing the projects you you've, you've you guys have done and completed i think it's imperative that nowadays and i think that's why having three jobs and working you know club running your own business all that stuff is imperative to kind of the personality you have to have and the and the expertise you need to have you have to be multifaceted because you're taking up a seat that you can't just be a, you know, I don't know, a tracker. You have to be a tracker, a filmmaker, this, that, the other. You got to know how to off-road. You got to know how to host, You have to fly, be able to fly a plane, you know, operate a camera. (laughs) Because you're taking a valuable space funding and space and especially both of those uh, I think just from seeing the Making a Ranger uh, film that you guys did and collaborated on you can't have so many people just 
random people a part of that. It's a very mm-hmm. intimate program. Right. You know it's not I mean? a union film set where everybody's one Cut, set role. And, yeah, yeah. Just, Cut, let's redo it. I was just going to say, well, I mean, you know this because you also come from like entertainment background and, 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 and industry. And I don't hope we're not like going like digressing too much from no, your you question, Robert. Fine. We're no. still in the origin. Oh, okay, yeah, got I'm still, it. I'm still, but, I'm uh, but I mean, you know that. I mean, you go all, you go into, I mean, I like, I've been lucky to, like, when I used to live in L.A., like, before I met Xander when I was living in L.A. Um, before I stole her. Before you stole me and dragged <laughs> me back down to San Diego. No, but, uh, you know, and I used to do, I would do, like, a lot of commercial work and X, Y, stuff like that, right? Um, just a side thing. Again, going back to the hustle, like, you do what you got to do to make money to pay for these mm-hmm. projects. But with that said, it's like you go on these films and you're, like, you're seeing people, you're, like, y'all can do like one person can do five different jobs like you don't need and i think that's kind of the beauty of like learning to do stuff guerrilla style um and you know and for it's like if one person can be a filmmaker an editor a producer or whatever maybe and also be able to script things out because they know about conservation that you know the money for their ticket goes so much further than you know having to be like okay we're gonna take a we're gonna send a sound guy and and an editor and a field producer and the conservationist and then the filmmaker and then you're like it's just how do you so you kind of have you got to be able to do multi jobs Mm -hmm. i think if you want to take a creative route in conservation i think um i mean unless you like i said unless you have a a ton of funding and if you do like please let me know how you did it yeah yeah i mean please please reconsider how you're doing it yeah maybe and then money could go further you know it's like it's like being a jack of all trades versus a precision tool i mean yes there are perks to both sides but not to knock the artist community that is uh in los angeles but like that's city culture in itself right so like we're we are the opposite of that we we are like yo uh we're gonna go out I'm going to bring a paper map because the phone's not going to work mm-hmm. and we're going to lose track of the road for some point, but it's cool. Cause we can make camp here. There's lions, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like that's the life. It's like, Oh, you have to be shit, a Swiss the batteries are dead. Yeah, we can't get another set of batteries. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. it's all that that comes right. in the story that yeah. goes with the, the person who you end up on a game drive with. And it's like, Oh, the lions, uh, they're not perfectly set with the sun. Can you tell them to move? Yeah. And you're like, dude, who the hell are you? Like, are you serious right now? And then you realize they're serious. You're like, oh, yeah. Uh, this is the wild. Nature is. Like, yes. let's just leave it at that. Nature yeah. is. hundred percent. No, you're you're right. And I think you know to, so to bring it to bring a super full circle. What you were asking Robert is like with with that said, I I think the yeah the, the challenge for me like in knowing like getting my feet wet and then I told you I want to be the primatologist and I went out sure. and I was like okay maybe I don't want to do the field research life but there's something from the creative perspective that I think I could give back but I still wanted to know that I was coming in with a foundation and could be um, you know as versatile um, and I guess as equipped as possible which is why I did I, you know, I was like you know what but I still I'm going to go back and study and I'm going to go back to school and study but I focused a lot of like my work on on more like community based conservation and like bringing media marketing which was my background um, into the conservation world and that's like re- you know even though I was studying conservation biology yeah. like that's what I did a lot of my projects and my field research on was really focused on how do you you know essentially be science communicator but more of a conservation communicator um and so i think you know that kind of brings a full circle of like i when you know when people do ask you know talking about what you were saying mike when people do ask you know how do you get involved with it especially if you're not looking to take a linear path if you're not going to go and be a primatologist like jane goodall and you know and yeah, you, you know a very specific like a phd yeah and you have a very specific have a, a rigid outline. yeah a rigid linear thing and you're looking more of like 
you know, how can I take the skill sets that I have? And, and I, I think I also want to say this too, for people that maybe feel like, gosh, like, you know, the idea of going back to school, like, or, you know, I'm a certain age, like, I don't ever want anyone to ever feel discouraged that they can't get into conservation. Like whatever your no skill sets, yeah, or yeah, exactly. Or skill sets. Like, I think that you, no, whatever yeah, you're exactly. good at, nature I mean, doesn't discriminate. Yeah. yeah Dude, well, there's yeah. that, but uh, also nature is metal. Shout out to that <laughs> channel. Like, yeah. uh, again, nature is, it's like, yeah. it, you, not even the strongest survives. Every category has yeah. its category yes. of specialist. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think you touch on something there too. If, if anybody's, you know, thinking about their origin story, mm-hmm. what that could potentially be, I think it, it's it's essential if I when, when I'm blessed to potentially have kids or not. Um, I, I definitely. God, we're talking about kids a lot tonight. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> What's going on? That's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But no, long story short, I think it's imperative that you 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 uh, immerse yourself with as much of it as possible, so you know really what it's going to look like. It's not this you always say about being a ranger that. is not the glitz and glamour that you think it is. Mm-hmm. You're out mm-hmm. in the cold, potentially yeah. 24 hours a day with wildlife potentially, or just walking. And, and observing and trekking and you're, you're, by yourself you're so removed of all your comforts exactly mm-hmm. and i think i think so t- and now there's such great programs that kind of give you a teaser to it um like volunteering yeah. we you know yeah, and you yeah. even have one like we will put you through training now exactly. there's only four spots per course and mm-hmm. the rest is dedicated for the locals that are selected mm-hmm. exactly but you're gonna learn, yeah. and it's not yeah. gonna be easy. It's gonna be real. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be it's real. Very real. <laughs> but but that is a great way of figure out: do I like this or don't I like mm-hmm. this? And then maybe you don't. Maybe you don't step foot into onto the path right away that you're meant to be on the conservation realm, right? Maybe you, but you go and you aren't going to know. So just, yeah. I think if you have, if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity or, or you create your own opportunity in your own community or look for opportunities in your own community, I mean, so many, you know, urban wildlife, you can get into that if that's something you really want to oh do, gosh, forestry, yeah. whatever yeah, it may yeah. be. Um, I think that you just... Any step is a step, right? Yes. Um, and I think not to be discouraged, you know, no matter what your background is or no matter what your age is or no matter what your skill set is, like conservation, like kind of went back to what we were saying earlier about the challenges, like there's a need in every, I mean, there's conservation, running a conservation project is still running a business, right? Are you good at accounting? It Are you good is. with numbers? Mm-hmm. Are you great with computers? Can you do web design? Like, all of these organizations, all of these projects, when you get put to the pressure, need they, yeah, they need those skills, and so maybe you're not going to be the biologist or the primatologist or the filmmaker or the photographer or the you know the you know the founder of a nonprofit, but I guarantee you probably have some skills that could be so beneficial to especially a, a smaller organization, and even if you're in a position to be able to donate your time to start out, like who knows where that can go? Dude, but I think that's a good make- start the world difference for some small organizations. Yeah. That's why I love what you said, Robert, too, about like just kind of um, doing it the unorthodox way, yeah. not having to get a PhD in something, mm-hmm. just testing the waters because then you bring some a new perspective that's not teachable through books potentially or not in, in influenced through books. Not like that's not important, yeah. but it's, it's a fresh thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like yeah. what I did is with photography is – I didn't know I was going to do that. I didn't know I lo- would love that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing an opportunity there. So that's, I think that's golden. Now, did you, in your photography, did you have a moment where you took a photo or when, an experience where you're like, uh, this is, this is it. I'm hooked kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I did. I didn't. I ha- So, I mean, that's like that yes and no. Moment? Yes yeah. and no. I, I didn't know it until I got back sure. and I started playing with the photos that I took and I was like, Oh, I, it's, so I, I I do edit my photos yeah. um, because I like to think that there's so there's so much lost 
photography is beautiful you can capture mm -hmm. a moment but the, the essence of it the smell the touch the, the five senses you you lose that so i bring it i try to bring it out and however i color it a little bit mm -hmm. um so so when i came back that's when i looked at some of the images and i was like I really, I really, uh, it's this. And it was a leopard. The whole trip I wanted to do. Uh, Luca. I want, yeah, we found Luca. So um, we had seen a leopard in Gorongosa, the first uh, leopard uh, in that area because it was devastated by a, a civil war um, for how long? Like, it was like, 14, it was like a fourteen, and like I think 14 almost years. two decades, and uh, so even the, even the wild they they don't come as close to the vehicles as Very they do in Kruger because they're not acclimated to that, and they've had really horrible encounters with human life. Mm -hmm. So um, so the elephants you don't come close to those elephants. They even look different. You would always say more that they look look yeah, different. They look really. They just they, don't right. They're kind of dark they just in energy or? and like it's just they've. I mean, you see, you literally, and it's so sad to say, but you see uh, animals with with three legs because they lost it in a snake um because the trauma shows on that sentient being yes absolutely mm -hmm. and so um so we saw we it was at the very end of the of the safari um and we saw this um we, we had seen what was it uh um the little cat what was it what was it called again a civet. A, a civet. we saw a civet yeah and uh, and we're like, oh wow, amazing! And we had only seen, and I'm saying only because I'm so spoiled by wildlife, but we had only seen like deer, you know, uh, um, uh, impala and stuff like that, buffalo. and some buffalo, which is still was amazing. Um, and we had circled back, we saw this civet, and it was amazing. And then we had just spoken about some encounters that we've had before, and we were asking the the guide, the ranger, and we said, are there any leopards in this area? And 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 he's like, quiet. No, first he'd said that they hadn't been. There, oh, sorry, he, was, he, he said, goes, no, yes. there's none here. Yeah. Rewind. He says, no, not in this area, no. Uh, there hadn't been one for 14 years. Uh, somebody took a photo of, of this leopard 14 years ago. But yeah, we haven't. There, there might be some in the mountains way, way yonder. Or no jokes. This is this is literally out of his word. And then the the guy who's sitting on the front, the trekker, who's sitting on the spotter. hood of the car, the spotter, he says, Shh. and the guy stops. And he goes, leopard. And we, my heart sank because she hadn't seen a leopard in the wild. I had seen a leopard kill before, um, but I was I was blown away. And you just see the spots go through the bush. Go, no, you go. No, no, keep going. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, like nobody, knows. nobody. See your face right. It seemed like a mirage, right? Nobody yeah. believed us when we got back to camp. The the the. the the founder, I guess, of the, I mean, even just the person who's, who's dumped like $35 million in this park to rejuvenate yeah, it. Like, an American yeah, billionaire. David yeah. Carr, uh, Dr. Carr, right? Yeah, or something. Um, yeah. He's, uh, but anyway, he didn't even believe us. Nobody believed it because it was, it was, it was a ghost. And luckily like, we had our it. cameras as always. Mm -hmm. And, and I, w I had the video camera, I believe. So just to bring it full circle, I had the video, video camera and I'm recording this leopard going through the brush. I'm following it, following it. And afterwards, it dawned on me, I, we captured something that. We captured something that we could now show other people, and that's exciting. Yeah. So I think that was like in the moment, the thing that now it wasn't photography, but it's still a form of visual art. And so took it back, and they wanted to see it. They couldn't believe it. Um, and anyways, that was at night. It was brief, but it was a beautiful experience. And then at the very end of our trip, 
back in South Africa. Um, we went on a safari with our cousins and uh, I would have been dying to get a leopard shot during the daytime. And sure enough, same thing. He got a radio call. He They had lied to us and said uh, um, that, oh, it's it's just some, uh, some, it's some wild dogs, even though that is also so very exciting for yeah. us. But we went, we went and, and I heard them talking in Afrikaans and I, that's my first, first language is Afrikaans. And we got, we got to the site and I heard them say leopard and I was like, no. And they say leopard, hmm. uh, which is leopard. Sounds similar, but um, we pull up and here's this Luca. He's got a, a necklace around him from his print. He's just, he looks royal. And so I took that shot. Uh, he had to put a dent in his vehicle just to get us to it. And uh, it was an amazing moment. But again, it, it you have to experience it. The photo can only do so much, and that's why I edited a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my dawning moment where I was like, I want to do this. I want to because it's also it's 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 history and it's it's ever changing. It's ever evolving. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that a leopard's going to be there again? You know. And I want people to know that this once was absolutely mm. okay. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw another break on here. Okay. Not not a formal break, but a like a pivot pace break. Okay, okay, ready? Yeah. Okay. We're gonna do a couple speed questions. Ooh, oh, I love speed lot. questions. Okay. So these are gonna <laughs> be literally those. like one two word. Okay, don't don't overthink them. All right. Well, they shouldn't. You're be like t- Marlene. I don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Because I mean, this is even for me. Like, it's if somebody right, asks fair. me, they'll be like, "Damn it, these are gonna be hard." Okay, you ready? So speed questions, but we're gonna end with. Two stories, one for each of you. Okay? Deal. Really quick, sorry. The rules, sorry, I'm so annoying. It's quick. <laughs> is, it, no, is, it, is it like, are you asking me and then he answers or do you so just I, anybody? I'm going to ask you guys, both of you. Okay, you're um, going to tell us who you're asking. And so give me your answer each, okay? Okay, okay. Get, get up in here, babe. Okay, so one of you will have a couple more seconds than the other to answer. Okay. Marlena, your favorite food that you've had abroad? French fries. <laughs> Non-bread. Non, ooh. That's ooh, good one. I like that. I'm so basic. Marlena, your favorite camp or lodge? Capisha Hot Springs. Capisha Hot Springs. <laughs> Where's that place? Zambia. Zambia. Really? Okay. Fire. On the road of divorce. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> at the very end, at the, at the pearly gates. Okay. But we're not counting Airbnbs because we've had uh, Mama Zita would be our favorite oh, place. Oh, Nelspreit, yes. Nelspreit, uh, an Airbnb was our favorite place that we stayed because they became family. I hate but these questions. But the lodge. I can just keep Go ahead, going. Sorry. Okay. But, no, you're good. I like it, actually. That was pretty good. Okay. Xander, your funnest, funniest moment on a, on abroad or on a conservation project? I'm going to throw more under the bridge. Go ahead. Seeing more poop in a hippo hole. <laughs> literally, that happened. No, no. You guys, it was a whole new level. Sure. I was like, this is it. Like, I was like, I, that's it. Like, we can't go back from this. Okay. Well, that was a two for one. Because uh, Marlena, I'm going to open this up then. The next mm-hmm. one was going to be share an embarrassing story. There you go. Okay. You go. Yeah. Uh, funniest moment slash embarrassing story. Oh, God. I mean, that would probably be it. Yeah. But yeah. you have one for Xander. Oh, go for it. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, the the one where you were... Okay, honestly, because we just watched the video back, where he was so dramatic when we got to this uh, river thing. Oh, this is taking so long. And he was like, oh, my God, we can't drive the land over through this. No, he was, like, stressing out. He was, like, throwing rocks. He's, like, going in there barefoot. like, And it was, like, this deep. And he was, like, so, <laughs> so stressed like about it. Deep. It was, like, not even. It was, like, it was like, there like were, two inches deep. It was, yeah. a, it was at the beginning of the road <laughs> trip. You never know. You never know. No, you no, don't. It's so, a real thing. I mean, thing, he hiked his pants up. He was, like, sweating. He's just like, I don't know. We had to turn back. And he was so dramatic about it. And then it was, like, this deep. And I don't play the role. Yeah. 
yeah, he had to play the role anyway. I was like, that Love was embarrassing. Okay, I feel so, so embarrassed. Uh, underwear too. And his underwear, he, go, no, he strapped down his underwear. I had to strip here. down, yeah. Yeah. Dude, you have to. Yeah, and I it mean, was like the state, but anyways. Yeah, yeah. Very dramatic. Or Africa. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to change pace again, and we're going to go back into when you've been on the road. So we'll use the divorce road trip. Mm. Or sorry, the divorce road on the road trip to Zambia. Expectation versus reality. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Okay. Uh, yeah. Go. I was actually curious as to yours, but you want me to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, expectation versus reality. Mm. Give an example. Literally, the GPS map that we had made it seem like on the so. Okay, so Zambia, amazing country. Go see it. Oh god, it's the lost frontier. This story. in my opinion, in Africa. Go there. Uh, there's. We came from the north, heading south. So we were in small towns, heading to what we thought was bigger cities, and um, we had to go through North Luangwa, um, and and uh, we stayed one night overlooking this beautiful river. They were still grading the road, which means they're they're making it so the vehicles can actually drive with ease, um, with greater ease on the dirt, and uh, we had gone through. It took us three hours to get through North Luangwa's National Park, which is untouched, untamed. There's only two camps that are only allowed to be there at a certain time of the year. They're not set up shop throughout the year. So that's how remote it is. And then we had to cross like streams and valleys. And then we get to this river and there's a little makeshift pontoon. And we drive on the pontoon and we cross the pontoon and I had hoped that on the other side of that river was a freeway. Not to be. <laughs> there was there was, no, there was oh, not yeah. a freeway at all. Even though it says, you know, the R8 or whatever road it is. It's not a road. It's a bicycle. It is. It's made for bicycles. Even people who have bicycles struggle on this road because the mm-hmm. bush gets so thick there. And I'm in a Land Rover, a big vehicle. And, and it's just like swacking the windshield. It's just swa- I can't even see in Fire. front of my hand in front of me that we're b- driving through bushfires. <laughs> and uh, and then and it's taking forever. And, and the thing, the rule of thumb in, in, in Africa, and I think just with road trips in general, is always times it by three. Especially <laughs> oh, when you're driving. Dude, that is such a good times point. it by three. It so sounds exaggerating, but that's the truth. If the map says it's going to take six hours, it's going to take eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the rule of thumb. And so it wasn't a highway. It wasn't that. It was just nonstop heart attack. And mind you, I had my heart attack experience with the two-inch puddle that I had to drive through before. But then it got but real. But then it got real. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, now I really have to get in my underwear. Yeah. She has to hold my belt. I have to use sticks, throw boulders to see if there's any movement underneath me. Uh, crocodiles, hippos. That's when she took the deuce. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I was desperate, okay? Because he was, no, because he was too chicken shit to cross it. So we're there for like an hour debating this. And I'm like, yo, uh, we got to go. This is like, bringing it's, back the divorce uh, yeah. conversation. The divorce yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's the divorce road. Yeah. yeah. So instead of an R8 main freeway, the 15 North, mm-hmm. it was divorce road. Mm. That was it. That's what it was. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, same. I mean, the, the length of the, the drive was expectation versus reality. But if, I guess just in general, I think it's – here's the deal. I mean, we all know the Instagram fakeness, right? Like, yeah, you – 
I mean, I look at my pictures, I'm like, damn, like, that bitch had a good time. <laughs> and sorry, excuse my language, but that's what I think. I'm like, oh my, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, that looks so like- It's post poop. And I, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'm like, if people only knew, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was not what, it, don't get me wrong, it was so amazing and all of it was worth it, but the few, quote, Instagrammable looking moments mm-hmm. um, were uh, what really, you know, all the other moments that had to go into getting to that moment. Um, it's even better than an Instagram moment because it's real it, it, it oh, yeah. is but it, it, it honestly like of uh, the vast there were days where i was like i might kill him um i like i'm this isn't fun anymore like i want to go home or i'm like what are we doing or there were times where we were i was genuinely scared like you're scared running, out, for you're our running safety. on that same road we ran out of um and we had two Petrol. 50 liter um diesel tanks we had um water tanks we ran out of all that and then it's just it's just how road trips happen yeah there's a little silver lining and there's a little village who just happens to have one more tank of diesel for you yeah. and you purchase it and you're on your way again. And then the ultimate goal of going through that kind of like tough combative experiences with your in, like internally and externally with your partner in crime, um, you get to the, the, the little lodge on the other line. That's, that's South Luangwa now. Um, and there's a cocktail waiting for you potentially, hopefully. And it's posh. And it's just beautiful. It's just, it's just, well, we it's worth it. We didn't stay at any it. of the, the fancy places. No, we didn't the fancy, was but the one bomb. we said it was for $25 Valley, right? a night, Croc Valley River Lodge. Dope. Is there a very Stunning, affordable, super cool. Amazing. And $25 for your own bungalow overlooking the, the Luangwa River, which we crossed in the north and now staring at it again. Every night we had a hippo, the same hippo. Every night there was there was some plant behind our tent that he loved or she loved. We mm-hmm. weren't quite sure. Um, but uh, that oh, ended up. Mr. But, Rumbles. Yeah, there you go. But that'll. Tummy was that'll just every rumbling. night. And really? I was like, ever. I'm not, I have, we have a video of it. You can barely yeah. see it. But every night at the same time, that individual yeah. hippo would come. And we literally I would, almost walked into him that night, yeah, too. And, and behind and our little elephant. So it's little moments like that. You know, elephant, because they cross, they cross very, um, a lot of the other camps, like Kruger has fences and electric wire and all this kind of stuff. Not. Not they. they it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, 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 it's their, it's their land. You're you just really visiting. have to look before you yeah, step. No, you really, yeah, no, yeah. you need to go back with a guard. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like very much similar. Like, and you've gone the same. I mean, I remember being out there, like, you would have to go back with a, with a guard and a, and a um, flashlight if you mm-hmm. walked back to your, to your room at night, because yeah. there's hippos everywhere yeah. and they will take you down. Yeah, people don't realize that hippos actually have, like, padded feet. They're detritus. so yeah, yeah Dietrich and yeah, yeah. calls them chubby ninjas. I mean, you oh really, my gosh, that's really, a great way, way to describe them. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they really are. They're the hardest things, yeah. especially at night because you they're, wow. they go on and land. And elephant Fast. and rhino are yeah. also super quiet when yeah. they're crossing. You're through. right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. Is you? I mean, it's. I think we all probably have a very romanticized view of a lot of travel, but I mean, you still got to go through the airport. You still got to mm. go through GSA. You still got to maybe get stuck with that middle seat. Four like, hours at the, you know what I mean? You're water crossing. I almost, almost always have a date with the blue glove guy when I'm coming in. There you go. I mean, yeah. I'm like, oh, exactly. Is it because you wink at them? You know, <laughs> I, I do everything I can to pre-creep them out. There so they're like, go. that guy just moves real. I had a walk a little yeah. stiff-legged. Yeah. I, you know, I grow the mustache a little thicker. You know? <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I've had my fair share of uncomfortable encounters with customs. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, I mean, but all that, right? It all adds up. And like, it's mm. it takes a lot to finally get to like the, the like I said, the Instagram, uh, Instagram moments. But it's always... Mm. It's Those always, are like your literal, like... Yeah. Cherry picked prime. A hundred percent. Like sunset 
Correct. Yeah, yes. I mean, like, you know, it's, I mean, to be freezing, I mean, like, I haven't showered in four days, and the only shower is going to be, like, at night in the freezing cold shower. I'm like, do I do it? Do I not? It's like, yeah. baby baby yeah. shower wipes for, like, weeks straight. Like, oh. this is, it sounds it sounds fun now, looking back, but I'm like, actually, in the moment, like, it kind of sucks. Oh, it's, it's rough. Yeah. We've showered in Indonesian, like, baths where it's yeah. the, where the bath water is oh, yeah. the same as the toilet water. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, same, yeah. And the Thailand. drinking water, too. I did that. Yeah. 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 But that's a thing. I That's why I love over landing so much and being on the ground so much is because in retrospect yes in the moment it's it's it, oh it's you want to pull your hair out which i don't have at this point but <laughs> you want to pull your hair out and, and and slap yourself a little bit silly but i really feel that in retrospect after the trip and trek all the moments before that epic moment of seeing a leopard or or, or experiencing a, a lioness with her lioness with yeah. her lion cubs or the wildebeest migrate or the yeah the wildebeest migration in Serengeti it's it's getting there mm. getting there is so much more like your story with the road trip yeah. in Mexico City you mm. know that's epic it's the you know and it, it builds so much courage too so yet, but he's getting yeah <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that you said that because you could really tie your photography to that because I mean like if to the average viewer like this is a really cool photo of a leopard but to you it's it's almost like a bookmark to what is a bigger wow. story you yes. know I love like, that it's kind of like you know how like when they say like smells remind you of certain memories yes the same could be argued with your photos you know you're like this is this is uh, uh, the small part what is a huge story you know and well said, I yeah. love that well I think that's why like we have these but little well. moments like we'll, sometimes we'll go back and watch some of our old like our, our footage like, except that we haven't even like put out or done anything with us just there we'll like watch our own cell phone stuff we're laying mm-hmm. in bed and, it, and you're like oh man and you forget like you yeah. forget you forget all the in between I love I that you yeah. Are, yeah exactly yeah. 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 I have a little travel journal that I'll like every night I'll be like you know Good for you yeah, this happened. I always Mike say I'm gonna keep this one. Me, <laughs> and you know like the rangers made laughed at me for this reason kind of stuff like this one time today Akari, I became the king of the forest yeah yeah I became the king of the forest the day Weston and I got there right it was like oh, dude it had to be like midnight or something like that where I'm tired you know I didn't I didn't have to drive all day so I was exhausted from looking at things and we get there and they're all really really jazzed that Weston and I are there and they're like we'll, we'll take you out we got this new uh, uh, NVG like night vision like periscope looking thing it's gonna be awesome we can go look at hippos and I was like okay yeah that's awesome and so we get in the back of their pickup and we drive down and they give it to like Weston and Weston's like oh my gosh this is amazing like I can see everything from here and then he gave it to me but I think it was it turned off at some point and I didn't know how to turn it on so I put it in I'm like oh yeah I can see it all and I was too embarrassed to ask him ah, to turn it they on. didn't take me out to see hippos really oh yeah they, when I was there you got to live like with the ranger <laughs> yeah, on that's the true. Yeah. I didn't say the lodge you're right I said so, yeah. yeah I lied and that's I was so like oh you can see you. it and that's I handed it so, I forget yeah. who I handed it I think I handed it to Josh. He's Josh like, was like, this is off, dude. Oh, I was like, oh. shame, Joshy. Yeah. Like, it's so vivid here. I don't even need it on. <laughs> so he's like, man, you are really with an extension special over here. <laughs> I was like, is that not what it's supposed to look like? They're like, no, try turning it on. And then, oh, then they turned it on. I love it. But that's awesome. That's uh, so funny. Robert, so in the sake of time, we're going to start wrapping up. Sure, yeah, sure. Three more qu- – well – Three more sections, and yeah. I think and Robert's we'll, gonna. We'll, we'll, we'll tone up our, our, we'll slim up our answers. Right. No, 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 don't yeah. worry about that. Okay. So I just was gonna say, yeah. Robert's got a section, and then mm-hmm. I've got uh, two closing notes yeah. after that. So Robert's section is a little. I mean, again, it's gonna be kind of not speed speed request. Yeah, it's gonna be kind style. of quick. Like it's not okay. gonna, you know. But it is more of like 
gut instinct. Mm. Okay. And don't worry about time, too, because we usually cut well, these. Well, just we, we haven't been around people in so sure. long. So, so yeah. we're like, <laughs> let's tell you everything. This would, be the, this would be the third podcast in the row we've had to make into two separate episodes, and I'd much rather it be like, yo, this is, you know, yeah. a super long conversation than others like, yeah, hey, you know, natural like, yeah, and real. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, now we're going to wrap up, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, not oh, we, we, yeah. we stop questions. Yeah. No more wine left. So, so I'm just going to, you know, just for the for the people who haven't traveled or maybe who are thinking about traveling abroad, I'm just going to say a couple of things, and, you know, you got me know what the travel tips for it um kind of thing I love so like this. so uh, what's a travel chip tip for like uh, cell phones like what would you guys recommend with cell phones um so always get a local sim card okay cool yes and make sure that's the first thing you get because that can be tricky so do you buy places. that at the airport yeah. or do you make a plan with the taxi cab driver if, it's, if they don't if you can get it at the airport always get it at the airport even if it's more expensive get it at the airport yeah. so you just have that dialed 100 no pun intended totally agree. and also right when you're getting on the plane put your um turn off all your data Totally. Turn off all your data before you like we, when you're taking off. Don't like put and then leave it off because yeah. if you, God forbid you land somewhere and you do happen to have roaming or on or something, and you know so definitely yeah doing those those things for sure. It's always get a SIM card local. And if I can touch can. on the cell phone, also get something that has a awesome camera mm. yeah. if you can. Yeah, you save space with that. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, so next one would be uh, like a cash mount. Do you bring cash like into to other countries? Always. And how? And if so, how much? Absolutely. Uh, Africa was hold on. There's not a lot of places that. But I say average two hundred. We we brought two thousand dollars for yeah. the whole trip, seven months, but we ran out <laughs> yeah. like real fast. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, because so, well, be- if you were going for a month and you were going to be trekking around, uh, I was thinking of two hundred dollars every time we go into a new country. But I forget we. So for one month trekking in Zambia, cash on hand. Yeah, cash on hand. Five uh, six hundred. I would do more because cash there eight some ATMs like in Zimbabwe. There's no you, cash you in the ATMs. Yeah. If you don't like get it at the border, there's you're... no more because their cash is worth not a lot. Sure. So but I would say I would say twelve hundred, fifteen hundred bucks. Okay. Well, I think it depends. I think it depends. If you, if you're paying for a lot of things <laughs> up front, no, 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 no. But this is this is actually practical. Yeah, this is, no, this is like real. Awesome. Like, My thing is down. if you're if you're it depends on what you're going to do. Yeah. Like if you already if you pre booked your hotel on your credit card or your debit or whatever, and like you already have your drivers lined mm-hmm. up or whatever, then like what do you? And I mean to tip and to shop and to like okay cool. But if but if you're going like with us, we would take more because we were going into countries with no plans. We we didn't know where the hell we were going to stay. We might roll up somewhere and they don't take a credit card. They mm-hmm. don't take a debit, and you better have the cash or gas or having to pay off officers when you get pulled over. All that. So, but we were out for Good a long question, time because that's part of the. But question. on a- yeah. yeah, but on average, we I mean on average we would. Cry over to an, a border of a new country, we'd ha- we would try to have at least two hundred dollars, knowing sure. like gas. Yes, minimum two hundred. Gas, cell phone, um, top off, like data top off, and um, and paying off. All and off. real quick, hide it in different spots. Don't I was just going to ask yeah. that. That is exactly my next follow up was, where do you hide it? Because that's how many places do you hide it? Because yeah. that was one thing I taught Robert on the fly with the uh, corrupt federale. Yeah, I told him to pull out. So he asked if he could pull out the entire amount after I bartered to say only pull out the half. Mm-hmm. We totally pulled out only half mm-hmm. and I split the cash into three groups, which is generally my rule. I keep cash in three different locations, the mm-hmm. lowest amount in my actual wallet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, you'd be surprised a lot of times, like if you were, if we're talking about paying people off, if we're being specific for us, like we found like cigarettes and like, and, and, and Coca-Cola's and like cold drinks. So we were like, if don't had, like, give a- cash, give, give something yeah. of like, if you have hey, cash, you're going to want it. So, but just to go back to hiding it, uh, in wear two socks and hide it in between the two socks. That's oh, how okay. I, that's how I would do it because mm. that way your cash doesn't get wet from your sweaty feet. And, 
and you it's between both socks. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I would do it uh, for one yeah, secret that's place. Yeah, really good. Another place is like you know inside your underwear. Mm-hmm. Little yeah, that's rolled, why up, I buy. rolled up in socks in a suitcase. Yes, True. and then mm-hmm. the other one either uh, waistband or mm-hmm. socks or yes. foot, like in the shoe, mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh, lowest amount in your. Because, you know, that you have the ease of, like, bending over to look like you're tiring your shoe or go to the restroom mm-hmm. real quick. Exactly. You can pull a stash out from your socks. Agreed. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. This, yeah. The double sock thing is brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, he was he was really good. He was, like, really good. And a lot of people money. sell, like, shirts and stuff like that with little secret zipper pockets yeah. and stuff like that. Here in California, obviously, mm-hmm. for cannabis reasons. Uh, um, but I use it for cash reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, okay, so, like, your daily drives, like, how long do you think you guys would be spending on the road? We, we, had a, we, we try to make a pact. But we broke it all the time. <laughs> yeah. We said no driving at night, and we drove at night probably 60% of the time. Because sure. it just, as we mentioned earlier, drives just take way longer than you ever expect them to. And you get gutsy, which I highly don't recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I would say we probably averaged 10, 8 to 10 hours a day which, when we were moving. Which I would recommend six. Yeah. No more than six. You can keep yourself fresh, but like six But if you're a time hours, crunch, I think. Yeah, but still, you plan it out properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do and six. To the point. Driving at night in Africa is not just dangerous because of who takes the road at night. Mm-hmm. It can be cattle, livestock, herders, mm-hmm. potholes the size of your vehicle, you flooding, it, we it. washed out roads, no lights. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Sharp turns, embankments, washed out roads. Mm-hmm. I mean, you name it. Well, especially if, if you're on, if you if we're talking like non-developed road, you know, like non-paved roads, if we're talking dirt roads, like there are like a lot of the biggest potholes we saw. And like, it's hard to gauge at night how deep those are. Um, that was, I think, the hardest thing. And also going back to what you said about who's on the road, um, semis, like there's a lot of development, especially, oh, yeah. you know, going up mm-hmm. and down and a lot of them are driving at night. And I mean, we, I can't tell you, it was so, it was really heartbreaking how many, cr- how many car crashes we saw. Mm-hmm. We saw so many overturned um, big semis on the road really? and i get this is very specific to africa Passenger like it depends on what yeah. you're driving i mean we were in india yeah, we were like there's buses. no yeah. way we're getting behind a wheel in india like i would never drive in india well you're not allowed to oh yeah that you're right you have to drive respect to, yeah. so anyway but i think it just depends on where you're driving we're talking africa uh, i'll do six hours that's that way you can just enjoy the trip like mm-hmm. i'm all about now my older 36 years old <laughs> uh enjoy the trip sure. don't be rushed enjoy it plan plan accordingly and don't do more than six hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So what would you recommend to somebody who's, you know, going to a country like about food experience? Because my brother's a really picky eater, but what would you say to people, you know, just That's about trying question. some of the local food? Oh, trying local food. I, I think if you're really picky, especially if you have like, he's really allergic to gluten. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, like depending on like, I know when we were, when we were out there, were we vegetarian? <laughs> On the road trip? Yes, we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we, it was like, so things were picky for us on that road mm-hmm. trip. Um, so I did a lot of the freezer dried pre-packed meals. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can get some bomb stuff. The only thing is it's, it's heavy. It's heavy. So if you're flying it there, like you have to deal with that issue. Um, so we did a lot of pre-packaged those zipper meals, but. Where you I, just add um, boiled water. Sure. Yeah. And it becomes and it was like bomb. a stew. Yeah. Um, so I think if you can, if you can do that, if you're a picky eater, but mm-hmm. I think try the local stuff. And if you're, cre- yes. if you're weirded out, but then, I mean, stay away from things that could potentially be, that aren't, haven't been refrigerated yeah. like so whether it be meats or dairies mm-hmm. but i mean fruits like if you you know wa- especially if it's a, you know if it's if you can wash it and all that stuff like or peeled peeled fruits or vegetables sure. um that honestly like that's why i like french fries yeah. <laughs> i eat the hell out of potatoes i feel like wherever you go you can find potatoes <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't eat just any meats mm-hmm. uh, that's that's where i would be hesitant if, if i'm a, if i'm you know traveling some way but because you have to get acclimated to that like you yeah. i can drink the south african tap water it doesn't mean that you can you yeah. know what i mean because i've i was born there and i was raised there with on that water um so i've built an immunity so so to speak but um 
Yeah, I would say um, eat eat like the, the a lot of it's maize. Like mm-hmm. uh, Poiki Kos, they make like a maize, a beautiful maize with so it. Good. Yeah, so Poiki, I should have said that instead of naan, but naan so good yeah. too. But well, I think that's fair because growing up in South Africa, that's not an abroad thing for you, <laughs> right? Exactly. You so, go. but yeah, you can eat a lot of breads mm-hmm. and stuff like that. If you're if you're picky, they have but a lot I mean, of starches out there. I don't know. Sometimes just like when you're I would traveling, try it all. aren't you yeah, adventurous? Say, just African like I can do it. Yes. Yeah. I would say African food is probably the like South African cuisine. It's the best food I've ever had. Really? Oh, dude, so I love good. to hear yeah. that. I agree. Yeah. I, love I don't it. disagree, agree. but I'm not like going to jump up and down like you did. Really? Yeah, dude. Just, I mean, I'm I mean, Mexican. I'm a... We have bomb foods. So. Yeah, yeah. Mexico, <laughs> Mexico was good, but South Africa hit different. Okay, so um, I guess in the last one, we kind of tie into where we started in the beginning of the podcast, but what, what's your tips with dealing with uh, maybe with police or corrupt cops or... You know, like how how do you go about that? Be respectful. Always. Yeah. I, you you always try, but but be but be firm. Mm. Don't be. I w- I made the mistake of of being too kind and too nice, um, and that just sets you up for failure. So act Robert. like act like you're local. <laughs> act like you're. Robert. <laughs> 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 I never got. I never. It's okay. It's okay. okay. So you know what though? I have a feeling Robert's gonna save the day. And it's going to be That's history right. in the, you know. Oh, it's going to happen. Gonna, yeah. gonna happen. You're going to be taken away from the cops and I'm going to rip open my GCF shirt. And I'm going <laughs> to save the with day. With night vision. Yeah, with night vision. Yeah. That's with off. turned off night That's vision. Off. That's off. <laughs> 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 Just, I got it's not on rent to a wall or something. Oh God. So um, I can see you driving with can your Can I say something that also that I think is <laughs> please, it's please. like but it's practical, it's not funny. But I am sorry to like want want want. But um research the laws. Like I know for for, for me one of the things yeah. like okay, so this is like extra psycho, but I'm also extra psycho. You mean like the rules of the road? I like because at least for us, like we we hit seven countries on our road trip, yeah. right? And all like not all of them, but a lot of them had different laws. And you know what? I also this is like so effed up. Oh, but I would yes, look up yeah. like who like the transportation commissioner was or whatever, and I would straight up name drop. Mm. I'd be like, I'd be like, babe, it's fine. I'm gonna call so and so. I would be crazy. I would like act like that, and sometimes that worked. We got pulled over in Tanzania 14 times. I'm not joking. On you. one on one stretch of road, really, oh they had called ahead. So they have some a person on lookout in like a tree that takes a photo with their cell phone. It's of literally your a cell phone camera. Then they send that photo to the police up ahead. At least this is what it feels like. I shouldn't say this factually, but this is what it seemed like. And then the next moment, it's as if somebody pick monkeyed or, or or photoshopped in 65 in a 45. And then they show you that because they pulled you over up ahead and they said, we got you going this at the village before you, at uh, the village before. And then you have to pay a fine right on the spot, et cetera, et cetera. The same and picture I, shows up. And then they, they use the same picture. Mm. And, and so her using that um, was brilliant because – they, they they believe it because you have an accent, you sound American or so forth, and sure. you might be working with the government. It wasn't. Or so forth. It was more of like I wasn't like overtly like oh I'm gonna. You it was it just it, yeah. It was just more of a. It was more of knowing like the rules of the road because different places some places are different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if you're not allowed to be driving, I don't know like at a certain time of the day or well, whatever. A lot maybe. of a lot of people. I mean their livelihoods are are bound to that road because that's where their traffic is. That's their business. It's mm-hmm. their shop storefronts are on the side of these roads. So every 15 kilometers is a new little village. Well, and so you have to slow down and you have to slow down a, like a hundred meters before the stop sign. And so if they catch you within that time for frame, but a lot of time, it's the signage isn't the same everywhere. And like, it's nice to know what the rules are. So if you are pulled over, you can say, well, Hey, you know, this is, you know, well, I thought it was this way or whatever, but right. versus just kind of taking everyone's word for it. But also, going back to what we said about having stuff in the car that like because we got to a point where like we can't just keep giving like we can't keep paying off like this stuff and and we were forewarned don't don't do that because mm. you're 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 
cultivating and uh, especially in Mozambique. You know, and some cops were amazing, and they were like they were just cool. And you, of course, those cops. Here's a like a cold. Ice cold drink, right? Mm-hmm. Positive cool. reinforcement, yeah. Exactly. And like, and like, they it's it's a catch twenty two. And we got to a point where we were very like, we're not going to do stuff, but you do. It, it is a bit scary, and you feel and like I understand. It's like I get it. We're coming through there. They're like, you know, easy, probably target. Like pull o- pull you guys over and see what we can, you know, shake you down yeah. for. And I understand, and you know, that's probably what how a lot of people, you know, make make a living in, in a certain way. And, and and a lot of times you get pulled over people that maybe aren't cops. So again, like kind of knowing what the laws are, so you can kind of recite back. Oh, like we thought you only had to go, you know. 25 kilometers in, in this zone or whatever I think was a was a big one um, and then yeah I think having things if you are going to be hassled but if you know the laws and you know like no you're allowed to take the, the ticket and you're allowed to pay at, a, at the border like you're allowed to do different mm. things so knowing what those laws yeah, are yeah you important. don't have to pay right there the final thing I'll just quickly touch on is not a lot of American people or Westerners might know that in those countries they radar detect ahead mm. so you don't have a cop behind you pulling you over on the road. They're sitting ahead of you and then they walk into the road and pull you over. That's their classic move. They stop in front of the road. Yeah, yes. it's scary. It's scary the first couple of times. Then we got to a point yeah. where we were like, all right, just be kind, be respectful. like, But be f- confident. But be confident if you, and you can be more confident if you know like what the rules and the laws are sure. yep. locally. And then if you got to you know, fake name drop, you fake name drop casually. <laughs> and then if it works, it works. I wasn't pushy about it, but I was like, oh, oh well, I'm just going to see if whatever. And they, they lost guys. Yeah. So who knows? You know, maybe yeah. it was that, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? <laughs> that is me winking. Got it. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so we're in our final questions. All right. We're going to call the uh, podcast. Uh, but before we go, um, again, so Marlena and Xander, um, how do we find you on Instagram and Facebook, the web pages and whatnot? How, how do we how do we find you? So my MySpace is no. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yes. What's your MySpace song, man? Um, it was a Shanti. It was a show. A Shanti, something from album two for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Instagram, just my name, Marlena Moreno, mm-hmm. uh, and my blog, MargonWild.com. But I'll be straight up, like I this thing in the past year. I haven't really been very active. I've been in my my cage working on a, an exciting project and yeah, just gearing up. But uh, I'm it's making. Coming, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I start like today. I've been. I've been really like I'm making a little game plan of like all the content I'm excited to put out. And I've been like editing. It. Finally, the hippo hole. Will be the hippo. Soon. The hippo hole coming to you. Yeah, coming to a screen <laughs> screen near you. Yeah. Interpretation. There you go. Yeah. How about you? I'm just Xander Over. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, uh, I have a website where you can purchase some of my uh, prints at xanderover.com. Mm, and go. we will be sure to tag you guys absolutely and yeah. in the comment and thread section mm-hmm. um we should definitely do like a reunion podcast we, with our next so, thing i'm so glad you said that yeah so we touched on it real quick so we are setting the stage for an african painted dog film we're gonna do a conservation art film piece and we've got Almost all of the team right here, hmm. uh, including Amadine, who's yeah. uh, minding the two crazy mountains right now. <laughs> all but one. Um, really? Shout out to Weston, Marvin. who was mentioned earlier, who's one of the GCF instructors. Uh, he's the uh, calisthenics and fitness advanced PT instructor and a GCF awareness athlete as the triathlon uh, competitor and ultramarathon runner and the African Painted Dog Project Coordinator. Okay, so wow. uh, wearing multiple yeah. hats there. He's got yes. a big business card. He's got a lot going on. <laughs> so we are in the stages of setting the actual stage before we do a Kickstarter program explanation of the launch, which hopefully we can get that out probably in a month or two, depending on what's going on. But 
this is not going to be a short-term small project. This is going to be a more medium size. Mm -hmm. um, so hence the amount of crew members. Um, we're aiming for the latter side of the year. And we're going to definitely be doing some conservation uh, podcast nights around the fire in Zambia. Dude. Um, as well as some project highlights at that point. And uh, part of that's going to be actually interviewing some of the local lodges community youth leaders, community-based conservation leaders, and, uh, of course, some of the local specialists in African mm -hmm. painted dogs. So we'll make sure we do that. Um, so I know that's one thing, especially when I'm sitting here with this group, um, is I'm always looking forward to the next project, which we have so many awesome opportunities, and it's just pushing it to reality. But I'm going to end on what are you guys looking forward to this mm. year? Mm. Well, that and you don't, don't you don't have to mention that. I mean, honestly, it's pretty. I, I was literally, it was like poetry right now. I was like, oh my gosh, Zambia, wild painted. Xander wants to get back in his his Land Rover and, and just go. reunited with Hetty. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that that stuff. I think all that, like, I mean, what that the essence of that, you know, of of that project is. I think just. Um, yeah, gearing up for what um, what projects are out there that we can we can squeeze into that into that trip undoubtedly for sure, um, and I think. Kind of, not not I don't want to say rebranding. That's like weird. That's not like really the thing. But I think for me, it's like I'm I'm excited to be bringing my podcast back. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a of a different vibe. I think this season I've done a lot of thinking and growing and developing. And uh, over the last year, I kind of went into a hole. Like I went into hiding. People straight up like reached out and were like, "Yo, girl, you live?" Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I think uh, it was just an interesting time. And I think I wanted to kind of go back and like really revisit like what I've been doing and um, what it means and where I want to go with it. And um, we talked a little bit about with project conservation kind of the direction that I want to go with you know with that um and then I you know and I have a little a, a, not even a little but I have a, a business that I've been I've been I mean kicking my ass over for the last year that I'm excited to be launching um this summer um which is you know it, it ties a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything but it really kind of goes back to this idea of, of alternative sources of income for not just myself but for um you know people in local communities of, of, of the conservation um, destinations that I've been lucky enough to work work in and develop relationships with so kind of this you know social business model what we'll, we'll call it so I think I'm probably the most excited about that. And then also getting back to putting out content and like just my Margon Wild stuff. Like I just, I, I do that, on, you know, on Sunday afternoon for fun or whatever it might be. But I think I'm definitely excited to get creative again. I've been, mm -hmm. I've been kind of buried in like business and, and making things and, and I think different kinds of things. And I'm excited to, to put on some music, some emo music and my, all my cinematic stuff and just get to editing. And yeah. So I think I'm, I'm excited to get back to being creative and. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. What about you, Xander? Besides hanging oh, out with no, me. Seriously, but um, but <laughs> no, honestly, I I personally I can't wait to see if if the opportunity does arise and it makes sense for me to fill that seat to 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 join in and see what what this group's capable of of doing and and with that reconnecting with human beings because mm. I feel like I, I truly do miss that miss that I gotta I tickle mean, my this. throat gotta this tickle my throat but, I, but reconnecting with human beings I, I feel like it's so there's there is something really unique and I do encourage everybody to take this chance at least once in life but sitting around the fire at a lodge or a bush camp with total strangers mm -hmm. and listening to everybody's story of why they're there and how they got there Mm -hmm. there is some weird sort of magic with that. And you really do find that that's a level playing field in an, e well, I can't say level because not everybody can 
make that trip. And I hope that everybody has that opportunity at some point. But it's a leveling playing ground for all walks of life that made it to that point mm-hmm. from multiple different kinds of backgrounds. Um, from the guy who grew up as a kid in the local community, who's now your bartender and makes the most bomb cocktail ever, to the local chef who... Again, was local, and he's now making he's a French his own dish, restaurant. Yeah, and he was taught by several French tourists how to make this specific type of sauce. Mm. Uh, to the obscure writer who's on a year break, who's <laughs> sitting next to you having something on the rocks, mm-hmm. and I mean, yes. connecting with people yeah. is is pretty awesome on these trips. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what the travel industry does. To be honest, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of wrap that part of it up is like I think that. Going back to what we were saying about, you know, seeing nature reset in a lot of different ways and also just like also seeing how, you know, so many of these projects, which, you know, then trickles out to the local community, have been reliant on, you know, tourism models, which maybe isn't the most um, sustainable, you know, if, if God forbid we ever find ourselves hopefully never again in this situation, but if we did. And I think, you know, really, you know, as tourists, as we go back out there, you know, for those of us who are lucky enough to, you know, have the means to travel or who we make that a priority over other things, um, you know, really investing and putting our money into places that are um, doing things right and setting up, you know, and, and creating opportunities for like people in the local community, whether they're local run lodges or um, camps or whatever it may be. I think really putting our money um, in, in, in places where they can have a bigger impact, I think is going to be um, a, a theme of, of travel moving forward. At least I hope, hope it is, especially in like the, the wild, the wildlife um, tourism space, ecotourism space, you know, and really being mindful of where we put our dollars um, mm-hmm. and, and really be supporting the places that are are doing tourism like the right way in ways that really do benefit like the wildlife and the wild places that we want to go see, you know? like. And I hope if you're lucky enough to do that, to um, to take a, t- take a second and just understand how lucky we all are if you get to that point, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and, and if, and if, if, if the, the guy next to you sucks, then at least you still have the wildlife. Yeah. There you, <laughs> yeah. you know what? You'll find some type of magic yeah. in it at yeah, some yeah. point. Yeah. But you can also do stuff in your own backyard. I mean, hell, like I feel like I was in Africa tonight. I feel like yes, I was on a safari yes. night by the fire with good company. Like yeah. I also think that we, we underestimate like how much beauty and nature we have sometimes in our own backyards and mm-hmm. like the, the one-off experiences. So, you know, I think, you know, whether, even if it's not some crazy far away trip, I hope everyone gets that opportunity but if it's not like man there's magic out that out in your backyard somewhere I, mm-hmm. I can i can guarantee it so sometimes just keep good company and you know make do while you can and make Amen. the most of it yeah cheers to that yeah i think uh we're gonna wrap this podcast up have another drink afterwards and like enjoy the fire and uh robert you want to take the closing notes yeah i just want to say guys thank you for for coming to visit us and uh um, thanks for having us yeah no worries thank and, you yeah we're most likely probably gonna to have to put this in two parts huh i think so yeah but it's okay yeah, yeah. and then so just stay on the pipe of that um follow them on social media and do we have anybody lined up for our, our next podcast we do who are you allowed to talk we're gonna learn about hellbenders <laughs> that's right that's right that's right yeah dude <laughs> okay so check this out mike got us an interview with his chick uh, she, I don't want to say just chick. That's 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 the wrong way to put you it. You can bleep that. What's yeah. a hellbender? Okay, so, so I, the episode I already have to say it's going to be called the last hellbenders. Uh, the hellbender is, is a Lauren North American Diaz. giant salamander. <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. I I don't know, but I I know the okay. I yeah, know the salamander. She's getting her, I, she's yeah. getting her PhD from Oregon State. That I is believe. so, so cool. we're going to be talking to a specialist. Well, 
Wait, what? I can't say special. Look at Amadine poking out. She knows. Okay, so we're going to be talking to somebody who is a field expert in research. And we're going to be talking about the troubles, the plight, and the conservation issues around saving and protecting the last hellbenders, a.k.a. the last hellbenders salamanders in the United States. And who and what is being done by who, I should say, to do this. So... For those of you guys tuning in tonight, uh, thank you again. Yeah. Uh, thank you. This Thanks has for been listening. another episode, part two, part two, one and two of Pro- uh, Conservation and Coffee with Project Conservation, Marlena and Xander tonight. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't had a chance, follow us and subscribe on all of our social media channels. If you guys are interested in the work that Global Conservation is doing, please be sure to visit us on all of our channels, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we'll see you for the next yeah. one. Peace out. Holla. <laughs> Cheers.